Uh, so I'm going to pray so that I can get started because I already took a minute off my time. Okay. Um, God, I just, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for the word that we heard this morning. God, let us be faithful. God, volunteers, like Pastor Drew said, that we don't just maintain this church, God, but that we multiply this church. God, I thank you that people will be encouraged. To, to take a part of what is this movement, God, the greatest thing to participate in, God, and just that people would join the production team in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, I am not shameful shouting out the production team. That's the team that I serve in, have for a long time. If you're looking for somewhere to go, talk to me, talk to Josiah, talk to anybody in the production team. It's a great place to go. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, like Pastor Drew said, I've been serving since I was 13 years old. Just to clarify, I'm not 13. I'm seven. I'm 18 now. So, um, and a lot of you maybe don't see me often. That's because I'm either back there in the booth, and if you do see me, it's because I'm running around because something broke in the lobby. Um, but I, I love what I do. I, I don't like to complain, even if it gets stressful, because it's just amazing to take a part of, you know, this just this thing that we call church. And I serve a lot. Just right off the bat, I serve a lot and I, I don't mind it at all. A lot of people will say that you have to be careful about burning out and all these things. And, and of course you have to like, serve in moderation. You can't serve every, single, yeah, serve every single service and not expect to feel a little bit differently. But I don't believe, and this is something that I, I got from Pastor Andy Bennett. Uh, he preached, I think uh, it was at a team night here on a Tuesday. And he said that he doesn't believe that people should burn out if they know the reason why they're serving. And I 100% believe in that. So I don't ever see myself burning out because I have it clear in my heart and in my mind why I serve, why I go back there um, every week. And so it, I just want to tell you that. I just want to tell you why I serve because I feel like that is the best that I can give to any single person in here who's considering it, who's on the fence about it. Let me just tell you why I do it and see if uh, you want to join in. So... It may sound cliche or kind of obvious, but I just, I serve because I wholeheartedly believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I had a radical encounter with God when I was 12 years old. And from that moment on, I decided to live my life as if everything that I had heard about the Bible was true. And I just decided to live my life as if everything that I said I believed was true. And if I, I actually carried out those beliefs. And so I just started serving and I just, I can't, I can't get around it. If I really believe that God is not only the creator of the universe, but also my loving father who loves me personally, then I should be honored to be in this house, to be able to take part of his house. If I believe that Jesus Christ came down and was crucified for my sins to save me, then out of eternal gratitude, I will serve until the day that I die. And if I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead and that lives inside of me, then I should be excited to be part of this movement that will completely change the world. So that's, that's the reason why I serve. It's, it's that easy for me. I 100% believe in what God has done in my life. I can't deny it. I can't, if I try to sit down and be philosophical about it and try to think in my head about why this makes sense or doesn't make sense and whatnot, I can't deny what God has done in my life. And I just, I wanna encourage you that if you have had that kind of moment where God has shown up in your life, whether it has been through a healing or just you coming to Christ or whatever it has been, that you just, 
you, you hold on to that. And if you really believe that, then to just take a chance. And if you haven't had that moment, which there's a chance that you haven't, you haven't seen God's power in, in the way that we all talk about, then I encourage you to stick around and I promise you that you'll see it sooner, sooner than later. Um, so with the little disclaimer that comes with that is that if you don't serve for the right reasons, I can't see why someone would get burned out. And the biggest, like the thing that I will see that I have seen in some people is that they stop seeing serving as a privilege and they see it as a responsibility. And that is, I just, I just really want to hit on that just in like the, the remaining time that I have left because I don't want you guys to make that mistake. And it's easy to get caught up in it, especially when you start serving a lot. And it, what will happen is one of two things. You'll end up being tired all the time and you'll wake up in the morning on a Sunday and say, oh man, I have to go to church today. And oh man, I, I really don't wanna go wake up if you're on the production team or on the worship team. I don't wanna wake up at seven in the morning to be at church at eight. Because it, and, and, it, and serving becomes a burden to you and you don't even realize it. And you, you feel like everything is so needed out of you. And this is something that the church is demanding of you. And it's taking so much time and it's taking so much energy when in reality, it's, it's a privilege that we get to be here, that we get to take part of a movement. We get to, just C3, we get to be part of something that has over 600 campuses over the world. Like, what a vision we get to be a part of. So just know in your heart why you serve and, and don't get to that point where, where serving is a burden. And I promise you, it will be fun every step of the way. The other uh, scenario that you can find yourself in is that you start seeing serving as a competition between like people and, oh, you're the better servant because you serve on this team and you serve this many more hours than every other person. And that is just completely missing the point. One of the, the best advice that I ever received uh, from someone in this church was, uh, and they were giving this to me because I had felt in a season of my life kind of discouraged about what I was doing and a lot of changes were happening around me. And I had decided to stick through it. I couldn't even really point to why, but I just did, and it was worth it. And I was thanking this person because their consistency kind of inspired me. And they, they said that the way that you should see church or your role in church is not as what you are doing for an organization, which a lot of people tend to do. And they tend to get fixated on what you're doing for this organization, how you contribute, how much you contribute compared to others. But that's, that's missing the point. We're not here to be a part of an organization. We're here to be pillars of the church. And that just means to show up. That just means to talk to people. That just means to pray for each other. That just means to be who you really are and not, not do anything out of an obligation or, or of a need to be better. You just do it because you love God. And so the thing that I really want to leave um, all of you with, if you're considering whether or not you want to serve or if you're a veteran, you're a veteran and you've been serving for probably longer than I've been alive. <laughs> Either way, just, just really consider in your heart, just check in your heart. Why did I come to church today? Why did I come to serve today? And if you find yourself feeling like it's not because you get to do it and because God loves you and he gives you the opportunity to do it, then I would consider just praying about it and going to someone else about it, going to whoever your team leader is about it. And it's, a, it's such a simple thing and I'm not gonna say it's necessarily easy because nothing really in the Christian life ever is, but it's not meant to be. So I'm not gonna say that it's easy, but it's really simple. And if you just submit yourself to it, then I can tell you that serving is gonna be the most fun time you ever have. I've had the most fun time serving 
60 hours on a conference weekend in power last year with Sean in the back or being at, um, at the concourse two weeks ago for, uh, for presents from Tuesday to Friday night. It was a lot, but it was the most fun I've ever had and it was the most life-changing experience I've ever had. So I know that each and every single one of you has a chance to experience that in whatever team you choose to be a part of, whether it's the high team, whether it's kids church, whether it's the counting team, parking, whatever it is that you choose to join. I know that you can have the best time doing it and I know that you can have the most impactful time and you will encounter God in the most amazing ways when you're serving other people. So I just really wanna leave you guys with all that and, um, and if you're still, again, if you're considering where you wanna serve, ask me or Josiah about serving in the production team. All right, now let's give it up for Bethany Williams. Um, just want to give honor to Pastor Drew and Emma. We love you guys, and your leadership is inspiring each and every Sunday. Um, honestly, thank you for trusting me up here and trusting me with your kids back there. Um, I love you, and I appreciate you. So you all got to see a little bit of my testimony before. Sorry you get to see so much of my face today, but hopefully it's a nice-looking face. I mean, <laughs> um, but I just want to elaborate a little bit on the testimony that I gave in that video and um, tell you my why for serving and what it has done in my life. And... Um, Serving in kids' church for me, which is where I serve, kids' church, woo, kids' church, yeah, <laughs> um, honestly got me through one of the hardest parts of my life, and um, I could sit up here and talk about serving for probably two hours, but um, I just want to give you the major takeaway that I have from serving, and that's around community and friendships, um, and community and friendships are so important to God, and we'll get into that a little bit here. But like the video said, I was diagnosed with leukemia in 2015, and at that point, we were pretty new to C3. Um, we had only been serving here for a few months at the time. All the relationships we were building were really new. We had no family here. Um, so when that diagnosis came, it was pretty scary for us, and I felt like I had no one really to confide in. And so we just um, kind of started to isolate ourselves a little bit. And during that time, we were in the hospital for about a week, and um, the only people we told were the was our immediate family back home. We didn't really tell anybody here in San Diego. And um, there were times I wrestled with myself. I wanted to pick up the phone and call Pastor Emma or call someone that I was serving with on my team. And then that's where the enemy kind of comes in, and he would say things to me like, don't call Pastor Emma. You don't want to be that new person at church that's needy, already reaching out for help, already asking her for things, or... Don't call those people that you're serving with. Um, they barely know you, and all you're going to be doing is putting this huge burden on their shoulders. So I just sat there in the hospital room, really just, you know, wondering, okay, am I even going to go back to church? Like, I don't really want to talk to anybody or um, confide in anyone. So I was starting to feel a lot of depression and isolation. So who knows? Um, Proverbs 18.1, it says, He who willfully isolates himself from God and man seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. So I want to take a second real quick, and I want to break that down into two parts for you. Um, the first part, it says, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. So when you're cutting yourself off from your friends and your family and community, um, you're, you're being selfish, basically. It's showing an unwillingness to set aside your own life to serve others in God. And a person who isolates themselves, basically you're idolizing yourself by putting your needs and interests above others and above God. So the second part, he quarrels against all sound wisdom. 
God designed us after his own perfect nature and his own perfect image. Um, he lived his life in community, and he wants us to live our lives in community. So that instinct that many of us have towards isolation when we're going through something is exactly opposite of how Jesus lived his, his life. So it's, uh, God is saying isolation is, is unwise. So before going on with my story, in case the word of God doesn't convince you enough that isolation is bad, um, I'm going to talk about a few studies that have been done. Actually, a lot of studies have been done to show the positive um, parts of being part of a community. Um, but there was one done at Brigham Young University, and one of the researchers said this. As we encounter potentially stressful events in our lives, if we know that we've got people we can count on or that we can turn to, we may be less likely to even perceive it as stressful because we know that we can handle it. But also, let's say that we're already in the throes of some kind of stressful event. Our relationships can also help us cope with it and buffer that reaction to that stress. That's pretty amazing. And then it went on to say, the results of these studies show people with strong social relationships increase their odds of survival over a certain time period by 50%. That's on par with being nearly twice as beneficial as physical activity and exercise in terms of decreasing your odds of dying early. It also said that study participants who reported receiving support from family and friends had few chronic illnesses, and those who were diagnosed with illnesses healed more quickly when they were part of a strong supportive community. And that's, it's a, when I read that, it, blew, it really just blew my mind because that is honestly what I was walking through and um, being part of a community and getting my healing. So continuing on with my story, that next Sunday, um, I didn't want to go to church, and I didn't want people to feel like or to know that anything was wrong. So the one thing I can honestly say that got me out of bed and got me into church that Sunday was that I had made a commitment to serving kids' church. And um, I'm the kind of person that I like to honor my commitment. So when I said I was going to be there, as much as I didn't want to be there, I was there. And God knew that he was going to be able to use that. He knew that about me. So as I was sitting in service, um, God started to speak to me. The Holy Spirit started to speak to me. And he told me the truth. Like all those thoughts that I had been feeling of isolation, all those thoughts that I had been feeling of being a burden on others, that those were just lies from the devil. Wow. And so it really encouraged me to go find the beautiful Christina Sons. I don't know if she's here, but she was the um, kids' church director at the time. And I opened up to her and I let her know what was going on. And she prayed with me, and I really just felt this peace in my spirit. And I knew that, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be spending my time in God's house, surrounded by people that are going to support me and love me. So I committed to her. I told her, don't, and she, you can ask her this story. I said, don't treat me any differently, and I'm committing to you that I'm going to be here every Sunday. Can you hold me accountable to that? And she said, yes, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And she has. Um, she has. She has. So when I made that commitment to Christina and to God, um, do you want to know what happened? Yeah? I lost all my friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did not lose all my friends. <laughs> when I made that commitment, actually the opposite happened. When I let everyone that I was serving with know, um, they really rallied around me. I had people like Vanessa Lee bringing me healthy meals to my house when I didn't feel good. Um, I had people picking up the phone and calling and checking on me like the beautiful Lorraine and Adrian. And I had people that would just stop by my house out of nowhere to pray for me and to be there for me. So, you know, when I felt like I was starting to fall back in that despair and isolation, these people that surrounded me, they wouldn't let me fall back in despair and isolation. And they did hold me accountable. So the days that I didn't want to come to church, they held me accountable and made sure I was in church. And they would never let me stop serving. So I'm still here four years later, extremely grateful for each and every one of those people because 
even now, four years later, I'm still serving with a lot of those people, and they still keep me accountable and hold me accountable on a Sunday, which is amazing. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can be one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I know that verse is used a lot in marriage and um, weddings, but you can apply that to relationships and friendships in your life as well. And, you know, we're not meant to do this life alone. God put community in our lives so that we could help each other succeed. So, um, like I said in my testimony, there were times over the last four years it was a challenge to even get out of bed in the morning. If I had a rough night with chemo or I wasn't sleeping, and actually, um, coincidentally, last night was one of those nights. I had a really rough night. And I can show you um, the text on my phone, the text stream on my phone from people this morning texting me, encouraging me, asking when I was going to get to church. Like, um, I'm glad you're feeling better, so when are you going to be here? And just um, holding me accountable and, and making sure that I showed up on church. So they're still doing that even now, four years later. And the amazing thing is, so when you serve and you're going through something, the best thing you can do is focus on other people. So for me, being able to get here and take that focus off of myself and especially to serve in kids' church, being able to focus on God's most love, the kids, and then being able to model for them what it looks like to serve in God's house and to surround myself with such a beautiful church community um, was so much more beneficial for me. And, um, you know, I usually ended up feeling less fatigue, less nausea. And I would end up feeling at the end of the day, like, you know, I would get so much more from those kids than I could ever give those kids. So getting here and being here was really um, took away all those complaints. And sometimes, you know, I realized sometimes we need to just put those others first and serve others first. And then it was in that way that I was able to finally start receiving my own healing. So this morning I'm here um, and I'm in remission, which is amazing. So, (laughs) yes. And... I'm a testimony to what God can do in your life when you serve. So if you're like me and you're going through something and you're not serving yet, or you're going through something and you're serving and you're thinking about maybe taking some time off, I just want to encourage you right now to stick with it and keep on serving. Um, Like I said in that video, like if you're believing for that miracle baby, go and serve the babies in kids' church. Yes. If you're... If you're believing for healing like me, go find someone that needs healing and, and do, do what you can to serve them. And if you're finding yourself isolating yourself, separating yourself from church and not wanting to be there on a Sunday, then go join a team because you're going to end up surrounding yourself with people that are going to be there to con- encourage you and to make sure you get to church on a Sunday. So in ending, um, I see a lot of people in here that I serve with and I have for the last four years. So I just really wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you because you are a huge part of my journey and you've helped me get to where I am today. And so I'm just so blessed and honored to do life with you guys and to serve with you guys. So thank you so much. That's it. (laughs) Great job. All right, everybody, come on. How are we doing? Axel, Bethany, amazing job. How do you follow that? I'm going to do my best. Pastor Drew, Pastor Emma, Pastor Stacy, I love you. You know that. All right, here we go. 
super pumped to talk about this. All in. It's kind of a model for me in my life. All in. Um, super excited when I got asked by Pastor Drew to speak on this specifically. Because um, I'm going to tell you, as modest as I can, I'm a subject matter expert in this field. I am. I've been a firefighter for 17 years. I am a public servant. That is what I do. I serve the public for a living. I've been a Christian for five years, and I've served for four and a half of those years. So serving is something that I really, really enjoy doing. Um, so many things kind of got into my head when I was asked to talk about this. And God really kept coming, the Holy Spirit kept coming to me and wanted me to really share a story with you guys. I'm going to get a little real with you guys. I haven't shared this story with many people. I haven't. Um, as I said, I've been a firefighter for 17 years. My first year on the job, um, December 14th, 2003, it was 12.30 in the morning, we got a call for a structure fire. Structure fire with confirmed people trapped. Confirmed people trapped. Up until this time, you know, I've done some things. I fought some dumpster fires. I've fought some room and contents fire. Uh, I've I delivered a baby at this point. You know, I've done some really cool things, right? So I'm a fireman. This is really, really cool. But when you get into that line of work, what you're really preparing yourself for is to sacrifice yourself for others. That's ultimately the bottom line. That's really what you're doing. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to put my life, I'm going to put my life out there to save you. That's my job. So this December night we get there and it's confirmed rescues. When we arrive on scene there is a family member outside meeting us hysterically saying that my husband, my brother, and my eight-year-old son is still in this house. Heavy smoke, heavy fire showing from the Alpha, which is the front, the Bravo, which is the left side, and the Delta, which is the right side corners. Heavy smoke and fire showing. Now, like I said, I'd done some things already. I'd seen a little bit of fire, and it was cool. But I had a split second where I had to say, am I all in? Am I all in? This is why I do this. Am I all in? And, of course, I made the call because I was all in. We went in. We made those rescues. We pulled out that boy. I pulled out that boy. And, I mean, I... It, it, it's, it, it, it was an amazing thing, right, to be able to do that. Um, but the real amazing thing came, I think it was two months after that, when he came back to the station with his mom and visited us. And it was amazing to see him. I mean, I, I, the emotions that I felt and that I still feel, I, I really can't even put into words. But the thing that really has stayed with me the most is, is the mom. Is the mom running to me, hugging me like I've never been hugged before, and just saying thank you. That's all she could say with tears in her eyes, thank you. And it was just, you're welcome. That's my job. That's what I do. I'm all in. I'm all in. Now the reason why I share this story is because what the Holy Spirit wanted me to pass on to you guys is, Perspective. Perspective. See, what we do here when we serve the house of God is, yeah, we have fun. We, we, we connect with people. Uh, we, we, we get friendships and relationships that are going to last us, you know, for a lifetime. 
And that's what I've experienced, and it's been amazing. But what the Holy Spirit really wanted me to share with you is that every single soul, every single person that comes into his house, at some point or another, needs to be rescued. And that's what we get to do. That's what we do when we serve in the house of God. We put it all out there. We put it out there because people come into this house that are hurting. People come into this house that are broken. People come into this house whose marriages need to be saved. Who has a kid that's lost, you know, in whatever this world can get, you can get lost in. I mean, people are out there lost. And I know I didn't want to bring this down too much, and I'm not trying to. But I'm telling you why I serve. I served because I was that one time. I came in here lost and broken, and because somebody else was serving, I got saved. And every time somebody comes to this altar, oh man, I, I, every time somebody comes to this altar, I think of that mom. Because I really think that that's what our God in heaven does every time. When somebody's raising their hand and says, you know what, thank you. Yes, I want to know Jesus. Yes, I want to be transformed. Yes, I want to give up where I'm at. And I want to meet with you. I want a relationship with you. Because I need to be saved. And every time when you see this altar full with people who have made that decision, God looks down at you in kids' church, you in the parking team, you in the cafe team, you in the projection team, you back here singing and worshiping, every single person in here, God looks down and he hugs you and says, thank you for saving my son. Thank you for saving my daughter. Thank you. Don't ever get lost. And that's the reason why we do this. Souls are at stake. People need to be saved. People need to be rescued. And that's why we do this. That's why we do this. I mean, I think about the parable. And I'm sorry, guys, I, I didn't give you this, and I'm not using the one that I gave you. But it, it, it's just the parable of the lost sheep. Because when I hear that, it's a rescue story. That's what it is. It's a rescue story. And I come back to that December night. And it's just, it, it, it's about us finding those that are lost. And maybe you're lost in here tonight. Maybe you're lost in here and you haven't had that opportunity, you know, to, 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 to raise your hand and, and say, yes, I want, I want to have that relationship. I need to be saved. Well, you're going to have, you know, an opportunity here to be able to do that. But then also maybe you've been in church for a while. And you have been serving for a while, and Axel talks so well on it about this burnout. Again, perspective. I get it. We all got things going on. We all got some jobs, nine to fives, and we got kids, and we got things going on. But when we serve in the house of God, just remember the perspective. Remember what we're looking at. Remember what it is that we're doing. We're here partnering with an, a, a, a God who gave up his son for us. So that we can put ourselves in a position to usher them in, to bring them into an encounter that can radically change their world and save their life. See, what you do when you serve is nothing short than what I did on that December night. 
It's nothing short. They're equal. And I can say that because I've done both. So if you're going to take anybody's word for it, take mine. When you serve in this house, wherever it may be, and this altar gets full, and somebody's hand is raised, and their life is transformed, you saved someone's life. Don't ever devalue that, please. So if you've been serving for a while, a little perspective. And if you haven't made the choice to serve, you want to leave an impact in this world, this, this is an amazing way to do it. And then you add on top of all the other amazing things that come with it, getting to know some of the people that are going to be your best friends, having relationship, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a win-win. And you, the thing about it is, is you don't have to put yourself in harm's way. You don't have to put yourself in harm's way. The only thing you have to do is put yourself in front of people. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.